Next ayah, 216. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمُ الْقِتَالِ Fighting has been decreed upon you. We learned about this earlier in the surah, that how when the Muslims migrated to Medina, eventually they were allowed to, in fact they were instructed to, commanded to, fight those who fight them. And remember the context, the Muslims had migrated from Mecca to Medina, and the people of Mecca had demonstrated clear hostility. So the Muslims of Medina also had to retaliate. It was about time to fight back. right? And the reason was that when someone is committing so much oppression that they're stopping at no limit, then up to a certain point you ignore them. Up to a certain point you're patient. But then after that, you have to break their power. Because if you don't break their power, today they're harming you, tomorrow they're going to harm somebody else. Isn't it? So we learned that earlier, the Muslims were commanded to fight those who fight them. Now the interesting thing is that until Muslims were not allowed to fight back, they wanted to fight back. Alright? But as soon as they were commanded, okay, now you fight this enemy, you know what happened? Some Muslims, many Muslims actually, they were like, really, do we have to? Like, do we really? Because it's not easy. Going to battle is not easy. And this is something very natural. As long as you cannot do something, you want to do it. But then when you have to do it, what happens? You don't want to do it. Right? So the Sahaba also experienced the same thing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed, كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمُ الْقِتَالُ وَهُوَ كُرْهٌ لَكُمْ Fighting has been decreed upon you. You're supposed to fight your enemy. Those who come and attack you, you have to retaliate. You have to take revenge. But the fact of the matter is that وَهُوَ كُرْهٌ لَكُمْ كُرْهٌ is something that a person does not like. Why? Because they find it very difficult, very burdensome. Basically, you don't like it because it's not easy. And this is true, it's not easy. So, وَهُوَ كُرْهٌ لَكُمْ But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَعَسَىٰ أَن تَكْرَهُ شَيْئًا It is quite possible, it may be, that you dislike something. You don't like something. You don't want to do it. Because of the fact that it's hard, because of the fact that it requires a lot of sacrifice. You don't want to do it. However, وَهُوَ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ But in reality, it is actually good for you. Is this true? That sometimes there are things that we don't want to do, but they're actually good for us. Can you give me an example of something that we don't like, but it's actually good for us? Eating healthy. Right? Eating healthy is good for us. But I mean, who enjoys eating kale salads? I mean, there are people who like them. They love greens, they love vegetables. But in general, people find it hard to eat such kind of food. But it's good for them. So it's quite possible that you don't like something, but actually it is good for you. And the opposite is also true. وَعَسَىٰ أَن تُحِبُّ شَيْئًا It may be that you love something. You see, تُحِبُّ حُبْ حُبْ is love. You really love it. You want it. You enjoy it. You like it. But in reality, وَهُوَ شَرٌ لَكُمْ It is actually bad for you. It's actually not good for you. Can you give me an example of that? Something that we like, but in reality it's not good for us. TV, watching one episode after the other, or one show after the other. right? One movie after the other. 
You may like to do that, but is it really good for you? Is it really good for you? Why is it not good for you? Can you give me the reason why? Very true. It's going to hurt your eyes, right? And if you're constantly looking at a screen, the first thing you do when you wake up is you look at a screen. And then the last thing you do before you go to sleep is, again, you look at a screen. And it's not just one glance, but rather you're staring at the screen for a good two, three hours. It's going to hurt your eyes. Why else? Okay, very true. It can also affect your religion. Like for example, if you're watching a three hour long movie and then you watch another two hour long movie and then by the time you finish it, it's almost one o'clock and then you're like, I don't feel like sleeping. Let me see. Because it gives you suggestions, right? You may also watch this. Or next episode will play in these many seconds. You're like, okay, let me watch another one. Let me watch another one. And then what happens? You just get knocked out in front of the TV. You fall asleep. You didn't say your ayatul kursi. You didn't say your adkar at night. And then you didn't set an alarm, and then you missed your fajr. So it's going to affect your religion also. Why else is it not good for you? Radiation. Good. Why else? What about your time? Isn't your time valuable? Isn't your time precious? Like seriously? You could have been doing something much better instead of watching five hours of TV. Very true. It's quite possible that something may be appropriate for your age, But is it really fitting that as a Muslim you watch such things? Does it really befit a Muslim to watch such programs and one after the other? Not necessarily, right? So a very important lesson, life lesson we are being taught. That it may be that you don't like something, but in reality it's good for you. It may be that you like something, but in reality it is bad for you. So then, what do I do? If I don't follow my heart, and don't do what I feel like doing, hmm, then what do I do? How do I figure out what I'm supposed to do, what I'm not supposed to do? Wallahu ya'lamu wa antum la ta'lamun. Allah knows and you do not know. Allah knows what is really good for you. And Allah knows what is really bad for you. So what does this mean? That if Allah is telling you to do something, then do it. Because it's good for you. Even though you may find it hard. But if Allah is telling you to do something, do it because it's good for you. And this also means that if Allah is telling you not to do something, then stay away from it, even if your heart longs for it. Why? Because it's quite possible that that is bad for you. If Allah is stopping you from something, it means it's not good for you. This is why He's telling you not to do it. So Allah knows what's good for you and you do not necessarily know. You don't know. So what is this ayah teaching us? Trust Allah. You know, many times people say, just trust your heart. Just do what your heart says. Just follow your heart. If you feel like watching TV, you know, maybe you should. Go ahead, enjoy If you feel like having a smoke, then yeah, you know, maybe you should. Everybody does it, so why not fit in? If you don't want to wear the hijab, then just don't wear it. Don't wear it at all. No. If we start living life according to our desires, if we start living life according to our desires, we would harm ourselves. Because we may be enjoying something, 
but in reality it is destroying us. And we may be avoiding something, and in reality we may be depriving ourselves. So what's the lesson here? What do we learn from this ayah? You tell me. What have you gained from this ayah? Follow the commands of Allah, follow the religion, and that is best for you. Okay, what else do we learn? Trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Trust the book of Allah. You see, whenever we recite the Qur'an, what are we supposed to say? Before the recitation of the Qur'an, what do we say? Before we open up any surah, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. After a'udhu billah, that's what we say, right? What does Bismillahirrahmanirrahim mean? In the name of Allah, who is Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim, the most merciful, the repeatedly merciful, He's always all-merciful, more merciful than anyone else. Two names that demonstrate His mercy are mentioned in Bismillah. What does that mean? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is merciful towards us. He wants best for us. He cares about us. He doesn't like to put us in harm. So this means that any command that Allah has given us is in reality good for us. And if there's anything that He has forbidden us from, in reality it is harmful for us. So we have to trust Allah. You know like sometimes your parents say, just trust me on this. You'll figure this out later, it'll make sense later, but just trust me on this. We have to trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because you will notice that in these verses we will learn about many commands. There's a command coming up very soon regarding gambling and alcohol, drugs, things like that. I mean, people enjoy this stuff. They go play a game, become a millionaire, and you know, this is so much fun. Can you imagine? And then they drink, one drink after the other, they feel so good, and they're partying, and they're having so much fun, and here I am, a Muslim, missing out on life. Missing out on fun. No, you're not missing out on fun. You are being saved from harm. So as a Muslim, don't pity yourself. Okay? Don't pity yourself. Don't feel bad for yourself. That, oh, poor me. My friends are having fun. Everybody's having such a good time. And here I am. Because, yes, people may be having fun. They may be doing things that they really enjoy, that they love. But in reality, it's not good for them. It's going to mess them up. It's going to ruin their lives. So trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, I want you to think about something in your life, in your life, that you found very difficult. You didn't enjoy it one bit. But then it turned out to be very good for you. Or the other way. Or the other way. That you found something as very good, you enjoyed it, and then later on you had so many regrets. Think about something. In your life. Uh, when my mom first enrolled me in Al-Huda, I was in the Ta'alim al-Quran course last year, and I really didn't like it at all. And I would always like fake so sickness. I'd be like, oh, uh, I have a headache. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And then like one day, I was like in class, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to listen. I'm not going to just sit here. I'm going to listen. And I started listening, and I was like, wow, I've been missing out. And like ever since that, I don't know what it was, but like something clicked in my head, and I was like, this is something very important that I need to be doing. And like I need to tell other people so they can come here and like benefit. So Alhamdulillah. 
So yeah, sometimes you are put in a situation and you really don't enjoy it, you don't like it, but then very soon you realize that it was the best decision that you ever made. Can you give me another example, somebody else? Don't just think in religious terms. This class, halal, haram. Think about your life in general also. Is there anything that happened in your life that was terrible? You didn't enjoy it at all. Maybe you went to a certain school. Maybe your friend left. Maybe, you know, you didn't have any friends at school. Maybe you wanted to go to your friend's house and your parents didn't let you go. And then later on you were like, Alhamdulillah, I didn't go. Say that. I made a lot of mistakes on my work. I would have to do it over Let's listen, please. Over again. And that was really, really difficult when I was like from grade one to grade eight. But now that I'm in high school, all the things that I learned now apply to the work I'm doing now. Alhamdulillah. So going for tutoring after school every day was very hard. And I'm sure it was very boring. I mean, you can barely get your homework done. You're in school all day and now you have to go for tutoring also. But as she's saying, that now that she's in high school, all that work, alhamdulillah, paid off. So finally, my father-in-law was going one time and I said, yes, this is my chance to go without my husband. So I went with my one daughter and I was expecting. And I went, when I went there, everything was fine, but then my daughter got so sick that I had to have a wheelchair for her. She was puking everywhere. Going into the haram, coming back was so hard that I was literally crying and um, wishing that, your wishing husband that was he was you. there. Yeah. So I learned my lesson. I told myself, anywhere in the world I go alone, but whenever I come Umrah, he has to be there. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Yes. Um, usually when I was like, I never used to like reading at all. Like I always hated it because I was so bored. And then finally, like, you know, a year, like a year ago, I realized that I've made a big mistake by not reading. Like I can, like, you know, I mess up my spelling sometimes and I forget like some words. Mm-hmm. So see, sometimes we're given uh, a homework, you know, we're, we're supposed to read a book, write a book report, read a chapter and, you know, answer questions, etc. But we're like, okay, can I find a shortcut? Can I get away without reading this somehow because I don't enjoy reading. So, okay, you skip reading after reading after reading. When you reach high school, when you get to university, then you'll have fun reading. Hmm? It'll take you hours to get through one chapter. So, don't avoid work that you're given because it's being given to you for a reason. It's going to help you later. Right? So now, before we continue, I want every single one of you to share something from your life with the person sitting next to you that you thought wasn't cool, but it turned out to be the best thing. Something other than this course. All right, let's continue. Now there's one thing I want you to understand, one very important thing I want you to understand, which is that Allah's commands are of two types. Okay? Two types. Religious, shari'i, like for example, when Allah tells us we have to pray five times a day. Or when we're told that we cannot eat certain things. Certain foods are halal, certain foods are not halal. Right? Such rules are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they are known as the shari'i or the religious commands. Okay? The second type of commands are kauni. Which means that they are related to our life. Like for example, Allah decides that we should be the third sibling. All right, or the second brother, or the eldest child, or the youngest child, or the middle child, right? or the person who has to wear glasses, or the person who is short, or the person who is just extra tall, 
or a person with boring eyes in the eyes of some people, right? Or a person who is born in uh, Pakistan or a person who's born in Canada, right? These things we don't decide ourselves, do we? Who decides them for us? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Now what happens is that some things we really enjoy. Like for example, because you're the youngest, right? You really enjoy being the youngest. Why? Because, I mean, you're the prince or the princess, whoever, right? Everybody loves you. Everybody has pity on you, etc. Right? You may enjoy that. But your height, you may not like. Or the school that you go to, you don't enjoy. Right? Or your certain relative, you don't enjoy. Or you're just not happy about the fact that you're brown. Right? Or that you are something else. It's possible, right? There may be parts of your life that you're not 100% happy with. Are there? Or is your life perfect? It's not perfect, right? I mean, there has to be something in your life that you're not cool with. Now the thing is that the same thing in your life that bothers you, that annoys you, that makes you sad, may turn out to be the best thing in your life. Right now, it hurts you. But a few years later, you may look at it as a blessing in disguise. You may look at it as it were the best thing in your life ever. You know, for example, I was raised in Pakistan. Alright? And um, I have a lot of family. I have, from my mom's side, 12 uncles and aunts. So you can imagine how many cousins I have. Huge family, mashallah. Lots of friends. I went to one middle school for all those years. So friends from like grade 3, which I'm still in touch with today. But, I mean, living in Pakistan was a lot of fun. And living in Pakistan is a completely different thing. I mean, you don't wash dishes, you don't do your laundry, you don't drive, you know, you just have fun. That's what you do. You're just pure spoiled. And coming to Canada was something very difficult for me. Very difficult. I remember crying on the plane. And I remember once I realized when I was here that I'm not going back, I was like, no, I want to go back. I really want to go back. I was determined to go back. We had also figured out a way that I would go back. I was coming up with an excuse, whatever. Anyway, long story short, I had to stay here. Now that I look back, you know, I wonder if I was still in Pakistan, I may not have been teaching people the Quran. Really. Because I was brought here, I didn't exactly have a social circle. I had no friends. Really. I had no cousins to hang out with. I mean, if you're watching a movie also, you watch one movie, but then after that you get bored. You want fun. You want people around you, isn't it? You need to go out with people. This was a completely new place. I didn't drive. All right, Taking the bus was like, oh my God. Right? You don't go on the bus. In Pakistan, you don't take the bus. Or at least the place where I came from, you don't go on the bus, right? So I mean, when I came here, I was stuck at home. Wallah. You know, I would be driven to a masjid, all right? And driven back home, and then driven to the grocery store, and then brought back home. That was my life. There was no FaceTime. Okay? No FaceTime. There was no Snapchat. 
There was no Instagram. Facebook was also very new. It was very difficult for me. But that is how I started focusing on the Qur'an. Because I had nothing else in my life. I could only spend time with the Qur'an. So sometimes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not give you certain things. Why? Because He wants to give you other things. And it's very painful. It's very painful. It's not easy. But the point is, embrace your situation. Whatever situation that you're put in, embrace it and make the most of it. Instead of wishing for something else, appreciate what Allah has given you now and make the most of it. So for example, if at that time I just kept whining every day, I need to go back. I'm done. I need to go back. Khalas. I'm not doing anything here. Every day I'd be fighting, arguing with my parents. Then what would happen? Would I be able to learn from them? Study from them? No. I would just be angry, moody, you know, bitter every day. That's not cool. That's not happy. That's not fun. That's miserable. So embrace your situation. Write this down. Embrace your situation. Accept what Allah has decided for you. And make the most of it. And stop wishing for what you don't have. It doesn't mean you don't make dua. You don't hope for improvement. No, you make dua. You hope for you know whatever that you want. You make dua for it. But you don't just keep daydreaming. You know, like for example, if a person really wants to get married, for example, and they can't find the perfect person, right? So every day they're like, I don't know when I'm going to get married, man. Like seriously, when? And they're looking at all these nice clothes and nice houses and, you know, makeup and jewelry for a guy, like their tuxedo they're going to wear. And they're like, when is that day going to come? Right? And they're daydreaming about it every day. And night dreaming about it also. Right? I mean, they should be focused on their studies or their work or their family or whatever situation they're in. Right? And make dua to Allah. Ya Allah, you know, grant me a good spouse, etc., etc. But embrace your present. Because if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put you in a situation, it's for a reason. Right? So whether it is religious commands, or it is something in your life, it is from Allah. You may dislike it, but it's quite possible that it's good for you. You may like it, but it's quite possible it's bad for you. So who do you trust? Trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because He knows everything.